water and my key didn't work on the door. if God sent me something today to talk about. Wouldn't that be cool if he texted you his messages? I don't know what to do with this, but it's really nice. This is my favorite church. Hi. <laughs> uh, <coughs> I love this church because we are partnering with God to do what God is doing right here on the south side in this place in this time. And we get to be a part of it. And I don't know if you all know what a life verse is, uh, but it's a verse from the Bible that <coughs> the Lord puts in your spirit that defines you, and it <coughs> it defines your mission in life. And my life verse is Isaiah 54. 50 verse 4 and it says the sovereign Lord has given you an instructed tongue to know the words that sustains the weary he wakens you morning by morning wakens your ear to listen like one being taught and so my life's mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. And something <coughs> I've always loved about Hope Center is, is that Hope Center has always been a house of salvation. Uh, we may not be pretty. We may not be a, or a fancy church, but we love God. And we love people, and God is always using us to bring new people to him. Uh, so we've been here over 20 years now. That's cool. It's almost older than she is. <laughs> uh, <coughs> but a after 20 years, we're still growing strong. And but when you've been a Christian for a long time, like some of us have, uh, how do you keep staying strong when we live in such a crazy, ungodly world? And, and America seems to be getting more and more ungodly all the time. So today I want to talk about five things that I have found help me, and I think they can help anyone uh, to stay strong in the craziness and the trials of life. And I don't think it's because 
I made them up, but it's because they're from God and they're from the Bible. So when I was spending time with Jesus the other day, uh, I got a picture of a fist. And uh, a fist uh, is a sign of strength. It can be a symbol of protection. Uh, and, and it can say we're willing to fight for what is right and what is good. How many of you all want to have a great life? I want to have a great life. And if the world is always beating up on us, and if <coughs> uh, <coughs> if it's always beating up on us, we aren't strong. Because if we are strong, the devil can't beat up on us all the time. I bet uh, most of you all know the verse in Ephesians 6.10. It says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power and put on the full armor of God so that you can stand your ground against the devil's schemes. And I love that, but what I want to talk about is five simple things that are so basic for us to triumph in life and not always getting knocked down and distracted by the devil. And they're basic. But if you aren't doing one or more of them, life could be challenging because they require faith. And they might even entail us stepping out in more faith than we're used to stepping out in. And if you choose some of these, you want to take your thing and just, I don't want that one, I don't want that one. That's between you and Jesus. And I'm not your judge. So that's, uh, but personally, I want to be str as strong in the Lord as I possibly can because I want to help his kingdom come. And I want to help his will to be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Is anybody with me on that? Got a few of us. So I called our talk today, Staying Strong. Uh, and what I want to talk about are basic things that help us get to the point where we might even want to put on the armor of God to take our stand. Uh, hold up your fist. Okay. Your fist has five fingers. And I have a point for each one of the fingers. Uh, in this talk. And the first one is we need to believe in Jesus. And the thumb, we have you put your faith in Jesus? Do we believe in Jesus? 
John 3.16, I think we have a verse here, says, most people have memorized this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And in chapter 1 it says, to all who believed, he gave the right to become children of God. So to even begin uh, to be strong in an, in an eternal sense, we have to, at first we have to admit we don't have it all together. Amen? And ask Jesus into our lives or into our heart to forgive us and help us. In our flesh, none of us is strong enough to stand up against the devil's schemes. 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9 says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of stress suffering so the devil or the demons are always trying to distract us and from from doing what we need to do to overpower him to resist him and to stand firm we have to put all of our eggs in jesus basket and not always try and fix everything ourselves. We do life in concert with Jesus. How many of you have come to a difficult place in your life where you didn't have all the answers, and yet Jesus came through with an answer you had never dreamed of? Amen? That's the story of my life. Uh, time after time, I've been in impossible situations, and Jesus has shown himself to be strong to me. And if you put your faith in him, I mean really put your faith in him, you will discover that Jesus is better at leading you than you are at following him. Amen? The second thing, we need to be one-on-one -on -one with Jesus. Uh, hold up your index finger, okay? Uh, that is number one, right? Since you've asked Jesus into your heart and into your life to help you and teach you, we need him to be a priority in our lives. Numero uno, number one, right? Uh, it's called the personal relationship with Jesus where Jesus is showing you things and 
teaching you things to help you in your daily struggles in life. So how do we get one-on-one -on -one with Jesus? There's lots of ways <laughs> to get one-on-one -on -one with Jesus. But one of the most important ones, if not the most important ones, is by reading and studying scriptures. Reading the Bible and studying the Bible. Uh, the Bible is kind of a key that unlocks different aspects of our relationship with Jesus. Right now, I'm, I'm reading a chronological Bible study. Uh, it, it, it's reading it in the order that it happened. Uh, if you haven't read the Bible, I suggest you start by reading the New Testament and start at the beginning and read through the end. Uh, the more we know the Bible, the more we know Jesus. I remember many times where Jesus showed me what I needed to do in important situations in my life with very specific verses. Uh, I remember my girl's mom was divorcing me. And she got a lawyer and wanted to take everything from me that she could. And, and I, I was crushed. And I went to the Lord and I asked, Lord, should I fight? Should I get a lawyer and, and fight for my rights? And then a Bible verse came to my mind, and it was this, Isaiah 53, 7. Uh, it says that he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. And I knew that when I that came to my heart, I knew Jesus didn't want me to fight. He wanted me to surrender and trust him. And I was able to keep a relationship with my daughters and I continued to grow closer to Jesus and Jesus gave me peace through all the years of it. We can pray to Jesus constantly. We can worship him continually. Since I've had some physical stuff going on in this old body, I've been memorizing a familiar passage of scripture. Most, most Christians know this. It's Proverbs 3, 5 to 9. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Then it keeps going. 
Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. So I need to trust Jesus for my health and for my healing and keeping close to him in it all. The third thing is we need to be baptized in water. The third finger, uh, the middle finger represents being baptized in water. And I think that it's best if you do it publicly with your Christian family uh, there with you. I jokingly tell people, hold them down until they bubble. <laughs> but we don't really do that. And I never would do that. But being baptized in water is actually really important. Uh, being baptized doesn't save you, but it's a sign that you want to follow Jesus his way. Uh, and when you get baptized, you may have a supernatural experience. You know, with Jesus, the dev came down from heaven. Uh, but I think just the fact that you get baptized is supernatural in itself. Uh, you repent of your sins and you will receive forgiveness for your sins. And it even says you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came upon the believers and they spoke in tongues and the people heard them in their own languages, Peter addressed the Israelites and it says that they were cut to the heart and asked Peter what they must do to be saved. Acts 2, 38 and 9. Um, Lucas? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children and all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. What, what happens when you are baptized or you're submerged in the water is that you are publicly saying to the world, I am a follower of Jesus. And there comes with that a degree of accountability. Uh, I know that when I was baptized in water, I became much more serious about my walk with Jesus and that I represent him and I represent 
his people every day, wherever I go, whatever I'm doing. The fourth thing is we need God's power in our lives. It's the, the ring finger or it's the wedding finger. So in marriage, two become one. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit is where Jesus starts working in your life more supernaturally uh, because you are becoming one with him. After Jesus' resurrection, he told his disciple to not leave Jerusalem until they have received power from on high or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He said, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, and in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. When Jesus came into my life, I started attending a Wesleyan Methodist holiness church. Uh, they were great people. They prayed in King James English. And they prayed on their knees with their heads buried in wooden pews. And it was actually very beautiful. And... But these guys believed that all of the miracles and all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit ended when the 12 apostles died. Uh, though the Bible doesn't say that, or it doesn't even allude to that. And so I knew my sister, Kit, talked in tongues. So I knew she must be crazy. And my wife at the time didn't want, like all this Wesleyan holiness stuff. And so we decided to go to a Baptist church in Florence, the little town we lived in. And I knew the Baptists weren't crazy like my sister was. And so we went to this uh, Sunday school class before church, and this lady who was teaching us said that she spoke in tongues and that it was in the Bible. And we couldn't wait to get out of that place. And on our drive home... We're all making fun of this gal, and suddenly the Lord said to me, Grove, you don't know what you're talking about, do you? And I zipped it. I didn't say another word. But when I got home, I went and I got my Bible and I got a concordance, and I found 
read everything it said about tongues in the Bible. Jesus said it was a sign that followed believers. The Apostle Paul, who wasn't one of the 12 apostles, said he spoke in tongues more than anyone and that he hoped all of us would speak in tongues, but do it quietly unless someone's interpreting it. And I came up with seven reasons that the Bible gave that we should speak in tongues. And I said, okay, Jesus, I believe tongues is from you. And I also believe that you want me to have it. But I don't know how to get it. So you're going to have to do something about it. And I was a fly fishing guide at the time. And Jesus sent a man from Seattle, Washington, for me to guide on the Bighorn River. And he explained it all to me and he prayed for me to receive the Holy Spirit and, and the gift of tongues. Acts 1.8 says this. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Actually, I have Acts 1.8 on my motorcycle license plate. Uh, so praying in the Spirit... Or praying in tongues is a tool that Jesus has given us to build ourselves up in the Holy Spirit. And the Apostle Paul says he hopes we all speak in tongues or pray in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit isn't the same as like giving a word in the church where somebody talks, stands up and talks in tongues and somebody's supposed to interpret it. But it's a personal prayer language that edifies you in your spirit and it builds you up in your spirit to make you strong. 1 Corinthians 14, 4 and 5. The Apostle Paul says, Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. You notice he didn't say, don't speak in tongues, but prophesy. He said, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. But in church, he would rather that we prophesy or speak words from God that everybody understands. I have never given a message in tongues in the church 
But I pray in the spirit or I pray in tongues every day because it builds me up and strengthens me when I pray. The last thing. We need to give to Jesus. It's your pinky, little finger. It's becoming a giving person who we give to God's work on the earth regularly, planning it and budgeting it into our finances. And you may say, well, how does giving make me stronger? Well, giving is one of the easiest and safest ways to build your faith in Jesus. Uh, look at Malachi 3.10. It says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I do not throw open the floodgates of heaven that and pour out so much blessings that there won't be room enough to store it. How many of you like that, that many blessings in your life, right? And in the next verse it says, I'll prevent the pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. The tithe is honoring the Lord with your first fruits, like we saw in Proverbs 3. So Jesus promises to protect us and open the floodgates of heaven when we bring the first fruits or the tithe or the tenth to of our income to him. For me personally, it's much scarier to not tithe and give to Jesus than it is to tithe and give to Jesus. Plus, it's just a joy to give to his kingdom coming and his will being done on the earth as it is in heaven. So these things are pretty basic to Christianity if you want to live victoriously. And if any of these five things, there's, if there's any of these five things that you aren't practicing, I guarantee you that if you step out in faith, and you start moving towards them, faith moves mountains. The thumb is, believe in Jesus. Invite him into your heart and into your life. Keep him number one with Bible reading and prayer and worship. Get baptized in water. Receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and give to Jesus with tithes and offerings.
Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for coming, Lord, and teaching us how to know you and how to follow you. And Lord, maybe some of these five simple basic things may seem undoable or too difficult <coughs> for some people. And Lord, I pray for them that you would increase their faith and you would show them that you will be with them if they step out in faith. And Lord, maybe some uh, you even need to interrupt like you did with me and my attitudes towards people who speak in tongues. But Lord, most of all, I pray that you would bless everyone in this room with a relationship with you. And if you're here and you feel like the Lord is challenging you to step out in faith in one or more of these areas, if you lift your hand to the Lord, I'll... I'll pray for you. Lord, I see hands all through the room. Lord, I pray, Jesus, that you would increase our faith, that you would move supernaturally. Lord, it's way more exciting to live in faith than it is to live in fear. And lastly, have you taken the first step of believing in Jesus and inviting him into your life. And if you haven't done that, and you say, I want to do that. I want to do that today. I want to invite Jesus in and give my life to him. If that's you, would you lift your hand and look at me? And I would just love, amen, I agree with you. I agree with you too, amen. I agree with you. Amen. Amen. I agree with you too. Jesus, thank you and Lord. Thanks for coming today. You're the star here. Amen. Let's stand and